Hello and welcome to yet another exciting instalment of the Potters Podcast. I've had to change the intro because it's doing everybody's head in. So I've changed it and what a time to change, Ange. With a great result on Saturday. I am joking, clearly. 3 nil Blackburn. I just wonder whether we all ought to call this, this podcast Sunday Static. <laughs> Ian's ranch. <laughs> of course. I've got to be honest, it did remind me of a bowel movement with somebody who's got IBS. I've, I've got to be honest. <laughs> there was no movement whatsoever, was there? It was just stodgy, rubbish football again. And we're going to have to cover it, Ange. I'm afraid we're going to have to go through it. But before we do, we've got some extremely sad news. And this person inspired me to enjoy football. And he made me interested in football from a young age. Because before, I used to love a bit of Robocop toys. I wasn't allowed to watch the films. I was too young. And I used to also like playing with crayons. But then all of a sudden, rest in peace, Mr. Terry Venables. Should be a night in all cases with the way they popped out now. He sadly passed away at the age of 80. And we all remember 96 fondly, don't we? Because of him, man. Yeah, listen, he, he was one of those sort of blokes that looked like he loved every minute he was in football. As a player, he played for England at every age level. And as a manager, I thought he was brilliant. All the teams he managed, but particularly England. And he brought us some absolutely brilliant nights and days. You know, we were talking before we started this about how we whooped Scotland, which is always great. How we battered Holland. It was it's just very sad. And you forget, don't you, that we're all getting on. But I, I had even forgot how old he was. What a great bloke. Class act. And I guarantee you that everybody listening to this podcast will have seen or will see lots of players, lots of people in football saying how good he was as a player and a manager and as a bloke. He was, because I think he was the first English person, or British person, might not have been British, but English person, to win trophies in Spain when he went on to Barcelona. I think it was yeah. Bobby Robson who took over for him after. But I also remember the 96, and I can remember some cunt, cunt, sorry, uh, spoiled the night, didn't he? And, oh, such such a sad time. I, mean, I didn't think he was that old, to be honest. I thought he was, you know, in his late 60s, early 70s. I didn't know he was 80. And it's a sad, sad shame, because he has been sort of living in Spain out the way, anti um, ever since being sacked in 96. And I know his career didn't end well with Leeds United, but he was a top player, wasn't he? He played for England, didn't he, as a player? Yeah, at every level. I mean, he was a top player, a top coach. And he was also quite a good singer, not that that matters to us. And, he, and I think he co-wrote a TV series called Hazel, which was a, a, a cop thing. And the one thing I liked about him was he was very good at the media when people were particularly great with the media at that time. But listen, it's uh, another one of the great ones gone. And sadly, we now have to look at the football from yesterday. Oh, come on, do we have to, Ange? No one wants to see this. <laughs> Right, let's go into So before we start, we'll obviously go into the match stats. And Stoke had all the possession at 65% to 35. Shots, we had 12 to their 7. One was on target, which, let's be honest, was a deflection to the goalkeeper. They had four, scored three goals. They had We had seven corners to their one. We won miles again with fouls, 11 to 1. And... 
look at those stats again, and we can't control games when we have the ball. Again, it showed from yesterday, I was stood in that freezing cold going, how come we've got all the ball, but Blackburn are creating all the chances? What is going on? There was no no movement in that midfield at all. Berger was trying. Pearson looked lazy and leggy. You know, we had 12 shots. Not any of them were on target. I mean, some of them were from his halfway line. I think we had one yesterday. Poor Ange. Very poor. <laughs> the only good thing about this is the fact that you said Berger was looking. There was one point where he got the ball... And he looked around, and there wasn't a soul moving. Not one player in front of him moved, so he had to pat it back. And it was awful. I've seen some... We, we talked about we were on this this great streak of not losing. And then you look at it in reality. We hadn't scored in three of the games. We no. were lucky that the Leeds missed a penalty, and then we scored. I mean, we're not very good, are we? And you shouldn't laugh, because yesterday I thought... The best player, I know we're going to go in the player ratings, but the best player was the young lad who was on the pitch at half-time, who was chipping the ball into those holes. Oh, I remember that. I was enjoying that. Go on, lad. He was the best person by miles. Anyway, we need to get this horror show out of the way, don't we? Come on. Yeah, so we do. Now we go in with the player ratings and we go straight in. With the goalkeeper we were on about last week have been knighted. <laughs> this week, wow. <laughs> Jack Bottom. I didn't think he was very good yesterday. I thought he was awful. And I'm sorry for laughing, but if I don't laugh, I will cry. Did he do anything that was really of any note? No. He's getting a three from me. He's getting a one from me. I, I thought he was atrocious, I did. I mean, <laughs> not... Not only for that, he just never looked comfortable. He looked like there was—he he honestly looked like there was a, a fresh piece of firewood up his arse. He, he just looked panicked. <laughs> I mean, he just didn't look comfortable dealing with anything that come in. I mean, in the first half, there was a shot that was literally from about 40 yards. And didn't he palm it round the post like it was yeah. an hot potato? I'm like, what's going on with this team? What's going on with the inconsistencies? But... We'll go into the Moran situation now. Now, Moran got through with a similar strike to what Johnson fluffed the other day, but he, it was an odd away. He put a left foot shot in, and what did he do? Just beautifully palmed it into the direction of Moran to put it away. You know? Yeah, I mean, it, it, listen, we could have been two down before they scored. Oh, yeah, and that was on the fourth minute. Yes, I mean, we were awful. What was the saving feature from that game? The, yeah. o- the only thing for me was you saw Tyrese Gamble come on and you thought he was going to change the game and he didn't. Who said that? You did. I didn't. The best part of that game was that little lad at half time kicking that balls into those balls. <laughs> Bloody brilliant that was. He was spellbinding. Especially when he missed that third one. I was like, oh, lad. And then he bounced yeah. back and got it in in the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> See, I wasn't. I was paying attention, but yeah, I'll go in straight away over one absolute toss bottom. Right. So now we move into Dyson. Is yeah, this the? I think, have we... needs, I think he needs a trade in. I thought he was awful again. He can't defend at the moment. He didn't even sweep up, did he? If you pardon the pun. Another three. Another three. I'll go over two. What was the point of him yesterday? What was he doing? Everybody is. They were all rubbish. I don't know that kid at half time. I think if we brought him in, but but anyway, I mean, 
he tried run forward, didn't he? He tried offer, but there was nobody moving. He, he had to keep coming back. I can't blame him for everything. He was poor. I'll, I'll say that defensively. He was all over the show. A couple of horror moments in the in the first half. But to be honest, the first half was one of the crappiest game of footballs I've watched for years. We were tossed. Um, probably yeah but first off I can't remember anything worth talking about apart from watching Blackburn but it was the whole system and the way we played yesterday which was a problem which is which is when we go to Alex Neal's rating but yeah he gets he gets low marks from me then we move into McNally sign him up I didn't think McNally was um, I thought he tried they all tried some of them got on my nerves but at least he tried to move us forward a little bit and he is going to be close to my man of the match with four. I'll go with a three with McNally. He was found wanting with Walton, Walt Walton, whatever his name was. Every time he was losing out to him. I don't know if it's experience or whatever, but he just struggled. He struggled to, to cope with him all game. And he lost his mark on a few occasions. He passed the ball to the opposition twice, from what I remember. Defensively, he was probably the best of the bunch, which is why he gets a three for me. But other than that, he was pretty poor. Now we move into our favourite player. We were bigging him up last week, Adams. We're going to have to stop doing it. If we slag him off every week, they seem to play better. Michael Rose. I didn't think Rose was very good. Uh, I thought he just went back to where we had been before, didn't he? He's got this ability to throw in a very dangerous pass every now and then. And he did more of those than were necessary yesterday. He's another three. I'll go over two from Rose. He couldn't deal with the balls over the top. He didn't have the pace to get back or the vision. He, he let his runners go every time. Defensively, he forgot how to head the ball again for a short period in the first half. Just utter nonsense. I mean, if where's the consistency with these players? And we're going to talk about this after because we're going to rate the signings because you give me the idea. Right, now we move into Ben Pearson. I thought Ben Pearson looked very tired. Very, very out on his feet for most of the match and he got deeper and deeper and deeper. I didn't... I just thought he was awful. thought they were all awful, to be honest, but he got overrun in midfield, he got overrun when he was further back. Three. Going for two, actually, I thought he was dross. He did okay with the overlapping, stopping the players from trying to break through, but then second half, that had all gone. He's, he wasn't passing the ball to anybody other than Berger or anybody who was next to him. Every time he tried to push a ball forward, it was straight to the opposition. And I thought he was at fault for the first goal. You know, he, sh- he should have followed his man, but he didn't. And it's got to change, Ange. This midfield, it's got to improve. And it, it goes down to one man who we'll talk about later. Now, for me, just, just man of the match, Berger. I think he's one of these players that will give you some great stuff, give you some bad stuff. A lot of the stuff that he does comes off and a lot of the stuff that he does doesn't come off. But I, I thought he was very lucky not to get booked at one point. If you remember, he, he took somebody out and then I thought, here we are, we're going to lose him for a bit now. But he got away with it. Um, he is my man of the match with five. He's getting four from me, Big. He was man of the match because he was trying to get us forward. There was three occasions where he was looking round and sort of his mouth open going, what are you all doing? Do we want to win the game or not? Because most of them were just sort of like running round like timid little sheep. He's our best player, to be honest, in the midfield. For me, when we look at Pearson and these other players, 
they're good at what we what we need, but Berger's got that quality outside of being a holding midfielder, and he's probably one of the only decent players we've got with a left foot. But I thought he, he was I thought it was a good leadership role for him yesterday as well. I thought he looked like a leader. He was shouting at his team. He had a right go at Pearson yeah. for when he let two players slip through. So you know, promising from Berger, but other than that, I just don't get it to be honest with you. And right now we move into Ender Stevens. I thought he looked, he looked dreadfully slow and looked a bit. Didn't look like he knew what he was doing for for large parts of the game, and he gave away so many bad passes. Uh, three for me. I'll give him a three. I mean, defensively he was okay, but was overrun by Dolan. Every, every Dolan basically ran past him at half pace, half pace like. Do you remember when John Barnes used to run, but it looked like yeah. walking? He had yeah. that similar style. Stevens couldn't deal with him. And I said this: this is going to be the big problem. Whenever we come up against anybody with any pace, Ender Stevens will not be the man you need to play because he can't run. He's too old. Yeah. He's too old for that. He's lost that pace. Possessionally, you know, what what I don't know what he was doing half the time. I mean, was it in the first half when he passed it to Dolan who ran past him and put a cross in? I mean, the the only That's saving right, yeah. grace from Stevens yesterday was that good ball he put in, but there was nobody there. Other than that, that was yeah. it. So that's that vent out. Let's go into Teacher's Pets. The manager loves him deeply. Nobody knows why he's playing. Daniel Johnson. Well, I think there's a couple that a lot of people probably don't know why he's playing. Um, I thought he was dreadful. There's no other words than dreadful, dreadful, and another dreadful. Who? I'm going to give him a minus one, Ange. No press, no movement. Whenever he, whenever I looked up and saw him, he was surrounded by Blackburn players. He started moving out to the right for some reason on the second half and got swamped because he kept standing next to Blackburn players. Whenever he had the ball, he gave it away. Honestly, I do not understand why we signed him because he looks horrendous. He's had one good game against Rotherham, but he's playing... Every week, and I don't get it. It does seem that his first name on the team sheet, and at the moment, I don't understand why either. Compared to when he first came, I think he's gone back in betting, and I just thought it was awful. I thought, I mean, you can't just single out one person, can you? The whole performance was awful. No, you, you can't, but I, I thought he was absolutely woeful. And the, we, he was brought in to be the replacement for Nick Powell and be that. Link because we play deep defenders, we play two oldie midfielders and Berger and Pearson. And Johnson's supposed to be the man in the box who makes things tick. He couldn't, let's be honest, Andrew, he couldn't tick a box. He, he is dreadful, he goes missing and he, he hides. And what he does is he'll stand next to Blackburn defenders and sort of walk around going, Oh, yeah, but I, I was marked. That's called hiding, and he, he's doing it every week, and it's not good enough. But, and I could understand if he wasn't playing week in, week out, but he is. That's the thing that's frightening. We've got young players who are trying to get in this team, and he's like, oh, no, Daniel's in. Why? Shit. You know, it's not good enough. If he was if he was in and out of the squad, I'd say, fair enough, give him a bit of leeway, he's in and out, but he's in every week. And he, he doesn't even yeah. want subbing. It's ridiculous. Right, let's go into a young lad who tries and almost got man of the match for me, Jono Bay. He does try. He does try to make things happen. He will be a very good player in the right position, but that's 
I don't know why he's playing him where he's playing him at the moment, but I think he's he's always trying. He's always trying to do the right thing. I think he gets better with each game. He's, he's nowhere near the finished article, is he? And he had one shot that... I think he had more shots than anybody else. Yeah, they were all off target. But I like him, and uh, I'm going to give him a four. Uh, he gets a four with me, which was assistant assistant to man of the match. He tries, Ange. He was trying to make things happen, and there was two occasions early in the second half when we did have a bit of go in us, where he was looking up and there was no one there, so we had to have a shot, which which yeah. were pointless shots. Um, for me, he's one of them players that will come with confidence once he gets an assist, but I don't understand this attacking team yesterday, and we'll talk about this with the whole performance rating. But next we go in with Lloris, who for me has dropped off a bit. He wins a lot of headers. There isn't a great deal that you can say comes from those headers or much end product in anything he does. And I'll give him a four. Four, I can't really say a lot really. He worked hard. No real creativity. He did win some headers in the second half, but other than that, I can't really say a lot more. So we move into the big question, which is... Dwight Gale. I think, you know, everybody says how well and how uh, however he is and he understands football and how skillful he is in moving across the forward line. He may be very skillful at doing that, but when your legs have gone, and I do think your legs have gone, then I don't think you're the threat we need. However hard he tries, I find it really difficult to watch somebody who, who we all know has been a really good player. I just, I don't see him playing many more matches for Stoke too. I'll go with a one for Gale. I thought he was atrocious. He, he offered nothing. He, he, he held the ball up when it comes to his feet. We were trying to put long balls up to him in desperation in the, the end of the first half. And it, it was like, what are you doing? It's just bad management, tangent. I'm sorry to say, we'll go into it after, but Gail, he shouldn't be playing. His legs have gone. He shouldn't be at this level. He reminds me of being rushed when he went Leeds. He was like that. He went to Leeds and he was like, what a player he's been. But he went to Leeds and he'd lost his legs. And it, it was embarrassing when they were playing him. I can't remember who signed him. Was it George Graham? But whatever. Gail, he's finished. He shouldn't be playing. But the problem is when you've got two players on the bench that, let's be honest, are one's worse. I mean, to be honest, I'd rather put a block of wood up front than Wesley. And Ryan May, I'm sorry, he had, uh, he's, he's too injured all the time and apparently he was ill. Well, if he's ill, what's he doing on the bench? But anyway, we'll go into the subs. Right, so the first sub was the man we're talking about, Ryan May, for Gale on the 56th minute. I mean, yesterday that wasn't the highest bar. I, I'm not so sure that he's going to be the answer either. And going on the fact that you always say you can't give somebody more than five, I mean, my top person has got five this time. He had he, he held the ball up all right, and he's going to get a three. Um, a substitute score of five, which shows you... Well, I mean, to be honest, the way he ran on was brilliant. Once and the way he ran in, he looked he looked up for it, and then it died as soon as he touched the ball. I mean, he, he did hold the, the ball, yeah. he did he did hold the ball up. That was probably about all I can say, really. To be honest, I mean, he did he, he did have a a shot from the edge of the box, which, to be honest, probably hit Lance Armstrong if he was on the moon. And that's as far as I can go. Now, Gooch for Dyson, which I thought was way too late. Why do you think it was way too late? Because I think 
Hoovy, I'm sorry, he was just didn't bring enough. He's got legs, but I like Gooch. I think he's got that defensive edge, and I think he's better at running forward with it. I mean, he, he's not as good as Hoover at getting in dangerous areas, but Hoover hasn't done that now for three months. No, so, he hasn't. So I'd, I'd go with you in so much that... He's got some intent to attack all the time, and I think he's a good tackler. I didn't think he did much so far. Yeah, I'll just go with my normal substitutions. Five. I mean, he did show some good running. I thought he he had a bit. He wanted to bust a gut to try and get us back into it, but there wasn't a lot. Now here's the substitution that a lot of people were cheering, and I didn't get why. And that is the the Mister Inconsistent himself, Campbell for Larice. Well, he showed he got a bit of pace, even though he didn't use it much. And he did try to take a couple of people on and cross the ball. Uh, I think he'll probably need a bit more time to get fit again. Uh, but for me, it, it's it was it was nothing exceptional. So he's getting the four as well. Uh, I'll go on with no. Uh, to be honest, I'll go on with four myself. I think he showed a couple of good little runs, but nothing again. It's similar. It's same Campbell all the time. I mean, would you play him up front to just stick him there? No, I'd always have him coming in off the off the side because I think he's more dangerous when he does that. But with his ability and, and the lack of ability of other forwards we've got at the club, do you reckon it's worth just playing him because he could maybe sneak in and score a goal? No, I wouldn't disagree with that. Me, it's an option we've got to look at because we're, we're already in desperate stages. Right, then we bring on the, the block of wood for Johnson in the 80th minute. How Johnson lasted this long... I genuinely don't know, but Wesley came on. Wesley, I, I don't know what to think about Wesley. He looks the part, he's big. Look, he, he obviously was a bit of an improvement on, on Gail, but he causes panic because of his size. He can lay the ball off, but to you, does he look a goal scorer? He won't score a goal all season. No, so three from me. I'll go on with a pointless four. I don't know why we're even using him. Personally, if it was me, I'd load him out in January. He's no good for what we need. He's got the attributes of holding the ball up, but that's it. There's a move broke into the broke onto the left and put a ball in. Where was Wesley? I looked where Wesley was. He was near the corner where he passed the ball to Stevens. You know what kind of goal scoring striker passes the ball and then stands still? You're supposed oh. to be busting a gut to get in there, score a goal. Yeah, no, very, very true. Just not good enough at all. Right, now we're moving to your favourite player, Jordan Thompson, for Stevens. It's really hard to to be enthusiastic about anyone. <laughs> but it was such a hard game to watch, wasn't it? Don't stop I making mean, excuses booked. for Thompson now, Ange. Come on. He, he got booked. So, that, that alone, he's getting the three. I'm going to give Thompson a two. I thought he was at fault for the second goal. He didn't follow Smodz Dix, who scored the third. He came on. We looked instantly defensively weaker. Him and Wesley, not, it's not just, just him, but those two subs made us lose a 3 0 and Defensively, Thompson made us look so much more weaker. They were able to fly round us so easily when Stevens came off. They just put him balls from the right side all the way down. They're beating every man. Yeah, you're probably right. I'm um, very disappointed that you, you've, you've gone all anti-Thompson. Uh, uh, and he's, been, he's played over 105 games. I can't name a game where he did well. I can't go, oh, he's brilliant against Blackpool. I can't name a game. 
don't know why Will Ospreay is. I don't know why Will Ospreay is. He should be suicidal. Straight, I mean, at least with Sam Clucas, I mean, he was a he was a fiery ginger pile of garbage after that <laughs> season. But at least I can go. I remember Barnsley. You know I mean, oh Thompson, there's nothing. I can't say anything. Well, right. Yeah, if we look at the whole game, right? That's what we're doing next, Sam, yeah. That was as bad as second half performance. I mean, the first half wasn't very good. But that was as bad as second half performance that I've seen for ages. To be fair, Ams, the second half, I thought Bay got going for a, a good 10-minute period, about 48 onwards. But then after that... They just fell apart again, and Blackburn, Blackburn were just killing us with pace. They were able to put simple balls over the top, and beat not just as defence as midfield as well. And they were just able to that Dolan, you know what a player he'll be. I tell you what, they've got a good player there, and uh, that Dolan so quick and so deadly. Stevens just couldn't handle him. But if we go into an overall performance, Ange, what what are your thoughts on that? Because I think. To be honest, the two nil nil draws have papered over the cracks, and we're still garbage, aren't we? Well, I'm going to ask this question now, which we chatted about before. Of the eighteen players we signed, all right, we know we've got seventeen of them left. If you were looking now, we, everybody was sort of excited. If you were looking now at those eighteen players, how many of them? And this is for the people that listen to the podcast. How many of them would you genuinely rush to get? Well, we'll cover that in a minute, times because we have we've got to finish his ratings, and that's the next subject. But before we jump in quickly, we'll fly through because that's an interesting t- topic. So, I'll, so we'll go in performance rating. What are you going to put it as? Two. Uh, I'll go one. I go minus if I could. Well, I could, but I'm not. Right. Um, re- we're not going to go to referee because it's pointless. Now, Alex Neil. Let's give his rating now, because everyone knows I'm not a massive fan. And those people who want to go at me for having egg on my face, have now got egg on the face. So, what do we say to this? Because I thought it was horrendous. Well, the first thing I thought was, wow, I'm amazed at the starting 11. I know he made one change, um, but I, and I know he will turn around, or people will turn around and say, well, he'd done so well, you couldn't uh, really change much about it. I think for standing there in the cold, um, not changing things sooner in the second half, uh, I'm going to give him a two. I mean, starting at home with one forward who hasn't scored, and that's what we did, doesn't fill you with anticipation and optimism, does it? I'll be honest, looking at the, the whole starting line lineup, I didn't understand it at all, really. I mean, it's great to see Bay come in, and I wanted to see him start, but I wanted him to see him come in for Johnson, not for Vidigal, because Vidigal, with all his flaws, and he's a bit stroppy, and this, that, and the other, he's, he's a wavy player like Fuller was, but when he waves up, he does something. He either creates a chance or he scores a goal, whereas with him off the pitch... We look completely toothless from word one to the end. We we would never we could still be playing now and it'd still be probably Blackburn eighteen, Stoke nil. We I don't understand what his logic is. He clearly has favourites, Ange. I don't like managers who have favourites. It's like being at work and you've got a manager who likes certain well, staff. Listen, all, all managers have favourites because you have players who, who you trust. 
So I, I won't go overboard for that, but what shocked me more than anything was his post-match comments about, I know that everybody has to look for the positives, and to a certain extent, we should do that. But what positives he found yesterday were frightening for me because he said it wasn't a three-goal game. You know, well, I thought three-goal defeat game. I thought we should have lost by more. I was happy with three. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, there was a lot of luck on our... I mean, because that should have been 5-6, to be honest. I can't even say one as well, because we, we didn't carve a single chance. Nothing... No. That's three games in a row now where we've not created a chance. No, it's true. It, it, it's true frightening again. Like, fair enough, we got points. We drew nil-nil, and that that's great. It, it, with, with how bad we've been over the last few years, I can take that. But then to go out at home to Blackburn when everybody's feeling good and everyone's got a bit of optimism again because we've had a good run and then put a performance out like that, which he'd selected, by the way. He decided to keep players that we've spent six, seven million on on the bench rather than playing for free transfers and kids. You know what I mean? It's, it's just brain dead. I didn't get any substitutions as well. What Johnson was doing as well, it seemed like he was doing what he wanted, Johnson. Why did he all of a sudden start playing on the right? I have no idea. It, halfway no through idea. the first half, second half, he just went on to the right side. He was just getting in Larice's way. But the manager, because I could hear him, was having a go at Larice. He's like, well, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to play right back? Do you want me do you want me to go in the middle? What, what do you want me to do? He's the one who's come over here. I wrote granite, and then he brings the block award on, Wesley, and the game's done again. Straight away, yeah. you bring him on, we could see two goals. You know, we start yeah. oofing the ball up, it comes back quicker than ever, and then because we've pressed up, they're just beating the press. Brilliant tactics from Thomas Thomson, from Blackburn. Right, wait till, wait till late on, we'll hit him again, because he'll move up. They'll put a long ball to Wesley. Wesley will let it down. There'll be nobody near him. We hoof the ball back up and our quick players will run round the back. It's, I mean, you, I could, you could think of that in a school because he noticed what Stoke were doing all game. We were hoofing the ball up, but the, we were pressing forward. Let's win the ball back first after whoever nods the ball down and then hoof it over the top and we're away. Simple, very simple. But what did Alex Neal do to fix this? Nothing. Because he brought Thompson on, which meant we were easy, easily overlapped on the left. Poor. Yeah, I mean, in, in hindsight, you can say that around 60, 65 minutes, then he should have probably changed the front three. But what I couldn't understand was why Pearson was so deep. Pearson, at some, at some points, was like dead level with our centre-back. Yeah, because this is what Alex Neal does. It's, it's panic mode. And this is what will happen. We'll go back to a back five next week. Because what happens is, because good managers will stick with what they've got and they'll go, right, there's no point me bringing Wesley on because it won't stick. Right, I'll, I'll change this round. Alex Neal, what he does is he'll go, Ben, go deep. Berger, Ben, go deep. Go deep here. And we'll loop the ball up to Wesley. And what do they, they just do it over the top because they know they've got the pace to get around the back of us. And because we brought Thompson and who isn't a proper left back, they just kept breaking down the right and left side. It's it's simple really because Gooch was pushing up too much. It's just bad tactics. It's bad management. He brought players on who shouldn't have come on, and if they had come on, he should have come on early. For me, I would have brought May on at half time for Gale because Gale was pointless. But the problem is May, May isn't much better. 
So for me, Alex Neal gets a rating of two. No, zero. You can get a zero from me. It was, it was down to him. His substitutions were stupid. They were late. I don't understand why he thought Wesley was going to improve things. Because all he did was just play into Blackburn's hands. And we conceded two goals from it. Poor. When you talk about goals, right, I think in the last three games, we've had three shots on target and not scored. Yeah. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me, Andy. This is the problem we're having. If you take it further back than that, I think we've scored 16 goals in 17 games. Right? Now, that says that your forwards either aren't good enough or you haven't got the right combination. I mean, there's nothing in my mind that says if we had a really big target man up front then Gale might do better because he isn't a lone striker, right? Now, I'm not saying he would do better, but there's a there's a better chance of him doing better. But the way we're playing, I mean, the performance was awful and the result was, well, it was what we deserved. We probably, did, they, they didn't even break sweat, did they? It was easy for them. It really was. And then you look, you look at Ipswich, you've come up, and yes, OK, West Brom beat them yesterday, right? They're doing well. This league might be very hard to get out of, but with the exception of Leicester, and they are without a doubt the best team that's been in the Championship for, for, for as long as I can remember, right? there isn't anything special. There's nothing special in this league, right? And we are not going to finish in the top half of the league, in my opinion. I really don't think we will finish in the top half of the league. No, um, we, won't, we won't. And I'm not saying he should go. And I'm not saying he isn't good enough. What I am saying is that we were all wanting... I still want us to get in the playoffs. I still want us to go up. But we're, we're not even punching above our weight. No, because we, we spent money, Ange. He spent money. We've, we've, we, I think it was four fifth high spenders in the league this year. We've spent good money. You know, we've just spent six and a half million on, on Berge. We've brought... What's his name in for three and a half? Uh, May. And he can't even get in the team. You know, we're putting a 31-year-old Gale in the forward line where we spent three and a half million, which he wanted to spend on for Ryan May. But he's not picking him. He's brought Wesley in on, on what is it, 40-odd grand a week, 30, 40-odd grand a week. Honestly, he's one of the worst forwards I've seen since Pericard and Lightbourne. He's, he's hopeless. He's got, he's, he's got no ability. He's good at holding the ball up. I mean, like you said before, we'll go through the players, and I think it's a good time to do it now. So we'll go through the players that have come now we'll take the loan signings out. We'll go with all the permanent players. So who's that? So that we've got Michael Rose, Stevens. It's unfair to say Clark because he hasn't even appeared. Yeah. So we look at all the players that have come in one by one. How many of them would you keep, Ange? How many would would you keep if you had the choice? Well, on, on, on the performances this season so far, I would keep Poe. I would keep Berger. I would keep Junior, and I'm now beginning to wonder who else I would keep. What about Vidigal? He'd be on my might-be-keeping list, because I don't think he's going to do anything other than blow very hot and very cold. I don't think he's going to be a Ricardo follower who will come on and do nothing one match and then the next match turn the game round for you. I don't think he'd be that effective. But when, when you look at the players that we brought in and you look at yesterday's team, for me... We were very predictable. 
it looked like we were scared of going forward because we were going to get beaten by the ball over the top, which we did. So then you look at the players you've got and you think, all right, Hoover, I think he is going to be hit or miss and I, I wouldn't want him permanently. Ender Stevens, he's, I think he's a little bit too old. I'd probably keep Lyndon Gooch. Uh, so you've got Berger, Gooch, Ho and Junior for me. So of those, and that's just going on how they're playing. I would keep those four. I'd keep the kids. I think all the kids would keep Jojic. Um... Well, I've never seen him, so I've. But I'd keep him because he's a he's a young kid with a bit of promise. We might as well because we can probably get him out on loan in a couple of years, and he he can impress. Out of the rest of them, I'd only keep Bergy. I'd keep Vidigal and maybe I'll have to give him a bit more time. But Ryan May, I, I just what I've seen of him, I don't rate. We could have had a couple of good goals, but. Seems too weak for this division. He seems a bit too soft for me. Wesley's just a waste of time, and I'd get rid of him in January, never mind the end of the season. Uh, Gooch, I just think there's players we can get who are better, but say if we couldn't sign anyone, yeah, I'd probably keep Gooch to replace Dyson when he goes back to Wolves. There's there's none of them I'd really keep. None of them have impressed me. Ben Pearson's decent. When he's on song, he's okay. But the rest of them, no. No, I mean, I don't, I, I don't rate a lot of them, to be honest, Andrew. I mean, I, I, the only real one who's massively impressed me is McNally. I think I'd, I'd go to get him permanently if, if I could. And Travis, if we can get him back. But, yeah, for me, I think we're, we're going to be in another position in the summer where we've got to rebuild again. Because I, I think with the way he's going, Alex Neal... He's good. He's good. He reminds me of Mark Hughes, Alex Neal, because he, he seems like whenever he's in doubt, he will pull a run out, like Mark Hughes used to be able to do. Like Mark Hughes would go through a terrible run of four or five defeats, and then would pull pull out two wins and a draw, and then start losing again. And I think Alex Neal's in that same camp, where he'll go through a terrible run, but when he's just on the verge of the fans really turning. He go. He did it last season, didn't he? In when was it? Was it was it March, when yeah. he had that great run where we went unbeaten in four or five games, and then and then started losing again for five six games till the end of the season. I think he's one of those managers that will do will do that for as long as he can because I I don't understand what he's doing with his signings. I don't understand what he's doing with his squad because he changes it too much. He fiddles, and I guarantee you next week we'll have five at the back. I can see us. When you look at the next couple of matches, uh, I think we'll, we'll win one of them. And I think then you go back on the, oh, it was just a blip situation. But you you mentioned something about papering over the cracks. And I have to say, I think that's what we constantly do. And we're not alone in that. Lots of football clubs paper over the cracks because there's only, there's very few that are very successful. And unfortunately, we our 10 years in the Premier League, everybody expected them to last forever. And you get more times like now than you do the Premier League. And I just think we're in for a long, another long, long haul of this. You just want to see something different, don't you? You just want to see Stoke. Like yesterday, I felt we were tight to Blackburn. And quite rightly so, because they... they had the ability to get over the top against us and, and did it time and time again. But we 
we don't do anything to change it, do it. We just we just try and shut up shop and, and, and hope for the best. Yeah, I thought yeah. three nil yesterday. We, we we were poor Honestly. from beginning to end. There's there's no getting around it. I mean, for well, me- Ian, we've had ten days, two weeks to work with most of those players. Yeah, the pace right? terrified them. From what I saw yesterday, the pace of Blackburn's front front line terrified that team. Ter- it terrified them. That back line couldn't cope. And the reason it can't cope is because we're not fixing the defence. I've said this so many times. We've got no... When you're coming up against a quick player, you can't be a... Ra- unless you're a top defender, top, I mean Terry, Maldini or whatever, these top players, they can play on the wrong side, because, which is why they're worth a lot of money. But when we're bringing in free transfers and expecting them, them them to be able to handle quick players on their wrong side, Michael Rose kept getting overlapped because he couldn't make a quick tackle on his left side because he's naturally not used yeah. to that. Because yeah. because we won't buy... Because the problem is, like for me, if, if Alex Neal had come in and gone, right, let's sort this back line out. What money have I got for this season without putting us in FFP? Right, let's sort this defence out. Let's bring a right back in, a left back in and a defence, and then we'll bolster the squad to, to compete with loan signings just for this season. And fair enough, we might have finished 11th for 12th, but at least we have got a, we can go, yeah, but defensively we look good, we've got a goalkeeper, we've got a back line. And then next year you go, right, let's bring some quality into this midfield. Let's bring a, a possessional central midfielder in and a holder that can do, do, do it without having a partner. That's what I would have done. But instead, Stoke seemed to do this this repeat and paste thing where we try to fix every single issue in one window instead of focusing on... This is what the big clubs do. Man United, why is Man United rubbish? Because they try to fix everything in one hit and then fail, waste a load of money and think, oh dear, what have we done here? But the problem is with us, we've spent, we, do you want the last time we spent money on a defender? Kevin Wimmy. Yeah, look at that word then. Because you've got to remember, when we came down, we spent a small fortune, we did. But I can't remember yeah, us bringing a defender in for money. I think what was uh, the last one we bought was um, Wilmot for 800 grand. Yeah. Why don't we like buying defenders? Yeah. But listen, the, the ultimate thing is, right, we're, we're playing at Queen's Park Rangers on Tuesday. That's Queen's next Park year. Rangers Well, I'm going to put it this this to your hand. Why do we not do well against the bottom end clubs? Well, you tell me. Because they sit back and we can't break down. We've been proven now under Alex Neal, we cannot break down teams that sit back. Blackburn were one. Blackburn just sit yeah. back and it is on the pre- on the break. That's what QPR will do. They've got a good player there as well in chair that can really marshal a game. It's All right, then. Now, what what tactics do you think? I think we'll go three five two. Three at the back. Yeah. Yeah, we will. Yeah. 
he does it every time we lose. Whenever we lose badly, he chucks he chucks five at the back. So and it's never worked for us. It might do, but we haven't got three good defenders. We haven't got. Well, let me give you. Hang on. Let me before you go. What's going on that? Have, have you looked at the stats for Queens Park Rangers? No, no. To be fair, no. Yeah. Well, before you before you come out with your team, because I know we've we've only got about ten minutes left, right? But before you come out with your team, bear this in mind: Queens Park Rangers have won two matches all season. They haven't won at home. I think they've got two points from their last nine games, and the last win they had was September the second, I think. We're going to get an early Christmas present from Stoke rolling into town, doesn't it? By the looks of it, I mean. Well. We should beat the manager. I mean, I wouldn't change the system. I'd just go with what we've got. I'd put Vidigal back in and I'd probably put Axel Banovic on the left. Junior maybe in there for a bit of pace and energy. I don't know what we're going to do with Stevens, but we've got no one else we can put in there. I'd probably give Kieran Clark a game as well. The only way you're going to beat Queen's Park Rangers is either an own goal or if we have a shot on target. Well, exactly this is what I'm telling you, Hans. We, we, we haven't created a goal-scoring opportunity in the last three games. Yeah, I know this happens. This is why we'll get to predictions in a minute. Because. And then we got Portsmouth. Sorry, Portsmouth. Portsmouth, Plymouth. Plymouth, yeah. These are going to be two difficult games because I can't see, unless we get a bit of luck and QPR see that we change their tactics, if both of those teams sit back, we will get. It'll be The best we can get is nil nil. Because we won't be able to break them down unless they make no. mistakes. But they're down there for a reason, so we have to accept that and, for, and put that into consideration as well. Because they're down there for a reason. You know, they are struggling for a reason. Plymouth, Plymouth to be honest, they're just in this year's Rotherham. They're under, underfunded, under, understaffed, and they're just, but they have got a very good goalkeeper that I would sign. And Michael Cooper, to be honest, I think he's a top young keeper. Um, so let's go with predictions. So we've got QPR midweek. What's now we're going to go formation predictions as well because of Alex, how Alex Neal just completely panics when we can see goals. What's your formation and what do you think the scoreline's going to be? I think he well, I think he'll go 3 5 2. So I wouldn't be surprised if he went with the back five. I think we'll make a draw one each. We're going to score a goal, yeah. Very positive, Ange. Very positive. Um, I'm going to go with five. 3-1, 5-3-2, sorry. So it's going to have... I'm not going to go with the team because it could be here all night. And I think we'll lose 1-0. Oh, God. I think we'll lose 1-0. Right, now, Plymouth. We don't... Plymouth, after midweek, what's the score going to be against Plymouth? I think we'll lose at Plymouth 1-0. So do I, <laughs> funnily enough. So... So we could be a point shared if you're on the prediction leagues. You are winning 1-0 at the moment. So after that, positivity. Um, how have the ladies done this week? Well, this is the positivity. Today we have played in the Adobe FA Cup. So I think we're all going to get a free Adobe tool, if you pardon the expression. And we played Stockport County Ladies who uh, were a great credit to themselves in the league. They're a league below us. To be absolutely honest, they played very, very well, and we won 1-0. Uh, 
with a goal from Ellie Leak, the captain, who was set up by Heidi Logan. So we're into the third round. The draw's tomorrow. Uh, more importantly, we get about 28 grand to winning that match, which helps enormously with um, with the costs. And I know people say the costs shouldn't really matter, but the costs do matter for everybody. And 28 grand is, is much nicer for us than it is to go to Scottport County. So... Uh, yeah, we won one now. It's just a shame how few people were there today, but it's not a night. It's not not conducive to standing outside getting frozen, is it? No, it's it, it's cold now, isn't it? So that will affect crowds for the men and the women, I'm afraid. You'll stay, especially yeah, midweek games. Though, I thought there'd have been more there on Saturday, to be honest, at Stoke. Yeah, to be honest, I did, but like I say, with the way they're playing, because even though we did come away from two games with draws, we we still didn't look great for them draws. So, really, we're going off two wins, and two of them, which were good, obviously good wins, good results, but when you look at it now, after losing to Blackburn, it, it doesn't look great, does it? The clean, it seemed, for me, it just looked like paper over the cracks. And we're going to hopefully pick back up. Our predictions don't look like that. I mean, you've obviously gone for a point out of that, I've gone for zero. But this is how it looks before an Alex deals. Whenever we do go on a good run and then we start losing again. We don't seem to recover quickly. It seems like we lose and then lose for a bit. And that's all I can see at this moment in time. So let's hope they prove us wrong, eh? You don't sound that positive if we lose both those matches. I mean, the one thing that amazes me, right, is that lots of people are sharpening the axe for Alex Neal to leave. I personally don't think that that is even anywhere remotely on the agenda. And nor do I think it would be on the agenda unless we were in the bottom three or near the bottom three uh, beginning of February. I really don't think uh, that people are in the same world as me if they expect that to happen. John loves him dearly. I honestly don't know why. I mean, Viper loves him as well. He can get a mention this week because he, he really thinks he, he's a special manager. I genuinely don't understand it. I'll give him his due. I'll give him his time. I said I'll give him the season. But if we're in a dogfight in the bottom three, I want him gone quicker than anything you'll ever see. And my, my axe will come out very sharp if, if he doesn't, if he, if he carries on like this. Because he's had, he's had a long time, Ange. To be honest, he's had over a year. Well over a year. And we, we, he seems like nothing's improving. It seems like we'll have a good run, disappear, fade into a bad run, then we'll have a bit of form, then it'll go away. And he's got no excuses now because he's spent, he spent triple what Michael O'Neill had spent and same with Nathan Jones. So in his record's not far off Nathan Jones's. So for me, he's got a season, Ange. If we, if, if we finish lower than we did last season, then he's got to go. Simple as that. Him with. I, I don't care. It's got if it, right. They've got to start using the brain Stoke have. They've got to stop bringing technical directors and people in for the manager. They bring them in for the club. Every Brighton, all the other good successful models in world football. Benfica have been doing it for thirty years. So have Ajax. They have people up there in the top ends who are technical directors and football directors and football operating managers. They're all upstairs looking for the club's best interests. Managers come and go. They do. It happens. That's what happens in football. You can have a good manager and he might walk to a better job. 
it happens. We saw that with Lou McCarty when he left Stoke for Celtic and it didn't work out for him and he was back. But managers go on to better jobs or better things if they're if they're very good at what they do. So a club has to be able to cope without that. And the problem is with Stoke, we're bringing all these people like Ricky Martin and the the American bloke who or Canadian bloke who does all the who spotted all these world class players. He said he spotted Jared. Jared, whatever his name is, him. He's he's come in. But he but once Alex Neal goes, if he gets sacked in February, like you say. All them go with him, and then we've got to do it all over again instead of the club going. I don't think I don't think Jared Bowen or Ricky Martin would leave. Uh, I just don't think that would happen. And I, and I, you're talking about Alex Neal going, and I don't think that will happen either. Uh, I'm just I just said that I, I think that would be the only time. And I don't think any manager is under massive pressure at Stoke until we're in a real bad situation, as we've seen when we got in Lambert and as we've seen when we got rid of Mark Hughes after the Coventry Cup match. I just don't think it's on the agenda. I was just surprised how many people were were thinking he's got to go. Now, whether that's as a result of a few dire performances entertainment-wise, <clears throat> excuse me, then I understand that. But I, I just think people, you need, you need to have a, a good replacement and you need to have a system in which that replacement will fit. And I don't think Stoke work like that. I, I mean, I turned a while ago when we had that seven without a win. And he, I could understand the reason why Stoke fans are the way they are and why they they react angrily. Because I did, I bit and I I, I went all emotional, didn't I? And, went and had a right rant. But it's because it's happening every time, that's why. It's never like we're in a good piece of time. I mean, it's been rubbish since Mark Hughes left. And nothing seems to be improving. Or oh, we'll have a little bit of an improvement and it's back to normality again. Nobody's coming in and having any impact. And I think the reason of this is because of the managers we bring in. We're not bringing in managers who are, who are, who are for me, successful or know how to have money. I mean, all four managers, in, it's not Rowett's, uh, Lambert as much, because but Lambert was finished at that point for me. You look at the four managers we brought in, Rowett's, Jones, Michael O'Neill and Alex Neal, none of them have been at clubs that have got money. You know, you look at Gary Rowett, he managed Burton, Derby, Stoke, where he had money, and look what happened. It's like a kid when, he get, when he's got money for Christmas or whatever. They can't wait to spend it, and they think, oh, I'll get him in, I'll get him in. And it, But because we've got nobody upstairs who's, who's a proper technical director, who's director of football... They're allowing them to buy whoever they want. They'll give them a list of four players and they'll go, oh, I'll have him, I've heard of him. When really there should be heavy scrutiny in, into what that happens. Like, really, that £60 million under Gary Rowett, any club outside of Stoke would go, we are not having that again and we're going to change everything. But Stoke don't. And that's the awful thing. And I think we need to stick with Neil. I'm not going to say get rid of him yet because of that run. But it's got to improve quick hands or the fans will turn. And then the coach family will have no choice. Yeah. To the pressure that he's obviously going to be under. Losing 3 0 at home brings you back to earth with a bump, doesn't it? And I guess we're out of time now, and we just have to look forward to me winning the prediction on Tuesday and me winning the prediction again on Saturday. Well, I'll enjoy it when I get them both in because whatever I predict, because I think we won last year because of two right scores which went against us 3 0 and 1 0, I think. 
But yeah, we'll leave it. So if you are a fan of the podcast and you want to carry on following us, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook. Facebook's growing quite nicely now, to be honest. If you want to get more involved and chat with me and loads of other Stoke fans, over a thousand now, get yourself on the Potters group page. And obviously follow us on the Potters podcast. If you are listening to us and it's the first time, you've not listened before, make sure you follow us and share us and tell your mates because that means more than anything. And if you are on iTunes, give us a five-star review and say what you think. But if you're not going to give us a five-star, just just leave it. Just think it's not for me. Because if you put a lesser yeah, one in... It. If you put a lesser yeah. one in, it, it goes against us and it's not nice. Yeah. And we're here no, for you. it's not nice. And Ian will cry. And I do cry. I do get very emotional about those things because some are very hurting. And... Right, so, the end of this, thanks for listening. And just bear in mind, Queen's Park Rangers haven't won at home in over 12 months. And we'll leave you with that lovely thought. So, thanks for listening. <laughs> ta Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. All the best.